All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Coming in hot is presented by Botano. The game starts now. Here are your hosts, Brent Wallace, Jason York, and Bobby Ryan. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the show, Brent Wallace, alongside the smartest man in hockey, Jason York. Yorkie, nice to see you as always. By the way, uh, Bobby Ryan, expecting possibly to be back next week. We'll see how long this vacation goes on for. But again, <laughs> jealous of his agent. Uh, Yorkie, how you doing? I'm doing great, Wally. Doing great. Had a great weekend. I, uh, yourself? Good weekend? Yeah, it was good. I ended up uh, doing a little traveling. But yeah, it's good. We can get into that later, of course. Uh, we have a lot to talk about. A little disappointed in that uh, we spent a million dollars making the Debrinket counter for the show. And then uh, <laughs> it looks like this will probably be the last uh, show that we get to use it in. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows what these draft picks will turn into? And that's, that's the thing with these trades. Like you just, you, you never know what's going to come down the pipeline and you'll revisit the trade three years from now and go back there. And yeah, no crazy weekend, but Hey, listen, at least it's done. At least it's done. But now, like everybody else, we got to talk about it. We got to dissect it. We got to break it down and all that good stuff. So uh, this will be good. I'm excited for this show. And not only because you're on it, but of course, our good friend Ian Tremendez is on it as he gets to join us as always from The Athletic. I hope he's wearing a blue shirt. Ah, close oh. enough. This is blue. It's blue. Yeah, it's, it's not navy. navy blue. Is that your workout shirt? Is that what you uh, use when you're cranking out those push-ups? I, I saw your, your – I, I, I just got – I played some pickleball today, so <laughs> – 
<laughs> not quite, not quite the push-ups, but pickleball push-ups. It's all the same thing. Yeah. It's about moving these days. It's got to move. Exactly. You weren't in my neighborhood doing prick for pickleball though. That's right. I, I ended up Yorkie about, I don't know, three weeks ago was playing with uh, Kyle Bukowskis, Matt Scooby, yes. Lever Sage. And it was basically in his front yard. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Sweet. Yeah. It's like, I oh, think boy. Wally lives here. Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, all right. Uh, Ian, good to see you. There's an article in your, uh, in the athletic today, I was going to call it in your paper, but, uh, it's all online, of course, yeah. <laughs> uh, about the trade, uh, you break it down. You've done a tremendous, tremendous amount of work on it. Uh, guys, let's, there's lots to talk about. We have a nerd report. I don't know why. Let's just get into it. Shall we? Yeah. Um, and, and I'm, Ian, I'm going to start with you. Uh, I saw your grading of the trade in your article. I don't, I'm not going to ruin it for you. You just tell me what you think of the deal. For a second here, I thought you were putting some grades up here and you had an F by Alex <laughs> and, 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 and a D for Sobrango. And I thought, boy, Wally's getting really the red pen. Um, look, th there's a lot. One thing I've learned, I'm sure the two of you have been on uh, social media the last 24 hours. Uh, the temperature is running pretty hot right now in this marketplace and emotions are running high and uh, it's really tough to make a clear-eyed, level-headed observation right now. A lot of people are feeling a lot of things, and and I get it, right? You're a, you're a, an Ottawa fan, and one of the the pieces that you were really excited about a year ago at this time has said, you know, I I, I don't want to commit here right now to a long-term deal. I look at this, and I wrote. Uh, and I hate to, I know neither of you are baseball guys, but I'm going to use a I'm, baseball analogy. I'm a baseball guy. Yeah, yeah that's it. true, Yorkie. Wally it. doesn't like baseball, but I'll, I'll use <laughs> a simple count. baseball analogy. This, from an Ottawa perspective, this was not a home run. This trade mm. is not a home run, but I also don't think it's like a complete swing and a miss. I think mm -hmm. it's a, I called it a ground rule double. It's kind of like something Ooh. in between. It's not, it's not a great return. It's not an awful return. Uh, you know, under the circumstances, I, and I think the three of us kind of talked to the, about this a little bit uh, via text today. It brings back feelings of the Matt Duchesne return, right? Where you, you, you ended up giving up a number four overall pick for Duchesne. Uh, didn't quite work out for him. The extension never worked out. You had to flip him out. And what was the return? Yeah, you got a first round pick back, but you ended up moving down in the draft. And that year they got Columbus's first pick, which ended up being Lassie Thompson. So, I would give it like a C plus C like it's average, but I also am waiting to see, is there another shoe to drop here? Are we waiting mm. on, are they able to try to maneuver to get Travis Konechny or Scott Lawton? Is there a play for Thomas Tatar? I, people have talked about Vlad Tarasenko. Like I'm waiting to see where this is in the totality of it. And then I think we can make a really good assessment, but the return is not, it's not great. It's not terrible, but it's not. Can I interject? Can I, can I interject for a minute? Yeah. A ground rule double, man. I'll take those all. The ground rule double is pretty good, isn't yeah. it? Like, I was thinking more bloop single, single bloop single, bloop, bloop single, yeah. Over the second baseman, hit by maybe, pitch, maybe. Get, yeah, get, like may, maybe you you steal second, but yeah. Anyhow, yeah, I, baseball double, ground rule double, man. That's pretty good. <laughs> I'm going with wild pitch. What? <laughs> hey you know what you know, you know what i will say though what 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 i like about this if i'm new ownership 
this is going to be behind me when I come in. So this isn't hanging over my head. And it's like, all right, the mess is cleaned up. This doesn't drag on. And when new ownership comes in, it's a clean slate and you start and you hit the ground running. That's it's, it's good in that aspect for me guys, but I, I'm more on the less ground rule. Double is a little generous for me, a little generous. So, okay. But let's look at this in its entirety. And I, have to give, I guess, Pierre Dorian some credit in the fact he didn't have much choice here. I feel like no. this was a take it or leave it deal. Here's who mm-hmm. you're going to take, and this is the deal, or we don't take it. And it's that I, I just feel it's that simple to me. And maybe I'm wrong, but Dominic Kubelik, Yorkie, and Ian, you know this, was a free agent last year. You could have had him for nothing and signed him out of Chicago. He was free to go anywhere. Uh, Donovan Sobrango kind of thrown in as a, and then the the pick which is a first round pick additional. It may not even be this year. It could be next year and it could be it's Boston's pick. Possibly it could fall to 20 something, right? It could be a late rounder. So I don't, I don't know that Pierre had a lot of choice in this. You've got the sense that this is where Debrinket wanted to go, but this isn't much. This is, but I just feel like this was get it done, get it over with. Let's move on. That's all. Yeah. Like, like I think it was very clear to me, and I had some conversations with Jeff Jackson in the last, you know, couple of weeks. It was clear to me, and I don't, I don't think that it was like irreconcilable differences, or the situation was so bad that Alex couldn't have come back. I just think everybody just realized, you know what? It's best to move on. It, it, yes. it, it's exactly like the Matthew Kachuk situation last year in Calgary, it, like to a T. Everything was the same up right up to the uh, arbitration date that the club elected for. And look, the difference is obviously last year at this time, Brad for living was able to put a, a pull a little bit of a rabbit out of his hat in, in getting Jonathan Huberdeau and Mackenzie Weger. I think everyone thought, wow, you did really well under the circumstances. Pierre Dorian here, I, I again, he was up against it. If and, and this is where I think there's room to have this conversation here. I'm, I'm wondering because Alex Debrinket to me is taking a lot of heat in the marketplace. And I, I don't know what he did wrong. He didn't ask to be traded here last year. I think he tried to give it a fair shake. He had an okay year, not a bad year, not a great year, just kind of a mid-year. And I think he just wasn't really overly sold on the idea that I'm going to come back and, yeah, sign me up for eight years. So if he's hesitant to do it, then if you're Ottawa, you got to make the move, right? Like you have to make the trade. You can't. We saw what happened with Mark Stone, and and you don't want to play that game. So, I, I don't. I just don't understand what like. Why are people so angry with Alex DeBrincat? Because like, because it's personal for them. For fans, it's personal. Yeah. How dare you not want to be in my city? How dare you not <laughs> but, want to play on my team? That's all it is, Ian. But, but I completely with you. And the one thing you also left out, Alex DeBrincat didn't ask to be traded out of Ottawa. No, he no, just he, said he wasn't signing an extension. Yeah, so, and, and and he could have done a Johnny Gaudreau here. And, and Johnny played out the year in Calgary and they kind of played a little uh, cat and mouse, will he sign, won't he sign, will he? And then you were left with nothing. And yeah. he could have done that. Like, like yep. Alex did everything that contractually he was allowed to do, right? He wasn't, he wasn't standing in the way of a trade. He wasn't, he was just saying, I can see the finish line. I can see unrestricted free agency. I, I want to do this. And, and I think, Yorkie, it's really interesting to me. Like, Claude Giroux wanted to come home. At the end, mm-hmm. like, and granted, it's the end of his career, but Claude, the draw of coming home was big to Claude. 
The draw mm-hmm. of going home was very big to Alex. Remember, this is a guy grew up in Michigan when he was a kid. Like, and Alex, is, yeah. I think, is a 97 birthday, so he doesn't remember Detroit winning Stanley Cups in 97, 98, and 02, but he did watch in 08. And when he was a kid in his basement, um, like there was pictures and newspaper clippings of those great Detroit teams with Eiserman and Fedorov and Lindstrom and Shanahan and all of them up in his basement. Like this, like understand for a minute that this is probably what he's always dreamed about. And when he could see the finish line, July, 2024, I really want to go home. That's what he wanted to do. I, I just, mm-hmm. I never fault the player for wanting to go home. And that's what Claude Giroux did here. That's what Alex DeBrinca did as well. Okay, I'll take so you guys. Got, I'll, ta- I'll take uh, Yorkie. One sec. Okay, There's a lot of ahead, stuff man. in the chat and I think we'll, we need to discuss it and that people are saying, fine. Al- Al- DeBrinca can go. But he held Ottawa's feet to the fire, but holding it to Detroit only. And that's what – and I can – fair enough. People are upset about it. I totally no, he understand. Didn't. No, he, he didn't. I know. So I'm just trying to – I just want to explain. People are saying it. Yeah. So go ahead. He he didn't because he didn't have a no-trade clause. Pierre Dorian could have sent him to Winnipeg. He could have sent him to Anaheim, Columbus. You know, pick your outpost. Now, everyone's going to say, yeah, but he wouldn't have had – the right return. Well, that's a Pierre Dorian problem. That's not an Alex Debrinket problem. Like, yeah. I want to make that clear. Alex had the leverage here. He like he was an RFA, but you almost had to treat him like a UFA. Yeah. And that's that. Well, Ian, you knew the he, rules when you acquired. You knew the rules when you acquired him, and this is this is the 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 game you had to play, right? Every. So Winnipeg, all those other teams were not going to trade for him because they all know he's not going to sign there next right. summer. He, he would not sign an extension. And to me, and I've said this, it's no secret, anyone that listens to this show, from day one, I didn't like this trade. And I said this from day one. Alex Dabrinkit is not a 40-goal scorer with the Ottawa Senators. And everybody thought, oh, you're crazy. But he's not. Scoring 40 goals in the NHL is about talent but it's also about opportunity. And this is why if I'm Alex Dabrinkit, for sure, yeah. Does he want to come home? Absolutely. But the biggest caveat, if and I'll take inside a player's mind, the fit with the Detroit Red Wings and Alex Dabrinkit is one of the best fits that he could find right now in the National Hockey League if he wants to get back to being a 40-goal scorer. He is going to be their unquestioned wait, number one winger, guys. I want to pull – okay, wait. Because you said you're the smartest man in hockey. I'm just going to point this out. Uh, Gavin, if we can play the video from April 29th. Oh, don't, don't play the whole thing. Just a snippet. No, no. Just grow with that young core. And he can immediately go in there and be their number one winger. And that would be really that would be really attractive to Debrinket, number one, and also Detroit. He's going to he, – he would immediately go in and – the effect he would have on their power play, because we've seen it right here in Ottawa, what he does to the power play. The thing is, Ottawa has six or seven guys that are also tremendous on the power play. Detroit doesn't have that. So could there be a fit there? I think possibly. Because of the age, because he can score, because the, the NHL has become such a special teams league. Like You have to have a good power play in today's NHL if you have any chance of winning and thinking of becoming a playoff team. Your power play, we saw with the Sens, you see with the Oilers, and, I, and that's where I think a guy like Dabrinkit just becomes so attractive um, because he yeah. will he'll he'll basically quarterback that Detroit power play from the half wall. So I think that 
that kind of boosts them maybe into the conversation of making a trade. Yeah, and when that was when was that this discussion we had on the law? That was what April twenty fourth. Yeah, and I just went looking through at the NHL and I thought about what's the best possible. I didn't even I don't even think about where a player is from because yeah, did I want to come home and play in Ottawa for sure? But then the most important thing in a player's mind is going where his skill set's going to be utilized to the best. And if you look around the National Hockey League, what better opportunity for Debrinket? And everyone's saying, ah, he didn't get the money he wanted. Bullshit. He's going to go in on a four-year deal, and he's going to score goals. And after he's finished scoring his goals, he's probably going to he's probably going to make over $10 million on his next contract. This is an opportunity. This is Brady Kachuk's team. It's Tim Stutzla's team. They've got guys that can score. And this, to me, and I said it when the deal was done, and, and everybody took this the wrong way. They said, you don't like, I love Dabrinkit as a player, but I don't love Dabrinkit's fit with Ottawa. I never did. And he was never going to score 40 here because to score 40, you have to play on the first line. You have to be first over the boards all the time. And that's Brady Kachuk. That's Tim Stutzla. You got Josh Norris coming back into the lineup. So, and the other thing too, everyone's all upset with Dabrinkit. Do you remember when they traded for him? He was shocked. He was yeah. shocked. And then he found out he was coming here. So, yeah, Pierre Dorian's I, hands tied behind his back for sure. Tough. Everybody knew this was the place he wanted to go. But the due diligence should have been made before they made that trade with Chicago. I know everyone said that. It's easy to say now. Maybe they did talk a little bit about it. But from what I saw with Debrinkit, he was shocked. He had no idea he was coming here. And then Ottawa, if you're going to give up those kind of assets, you better make sure you got a chance of signing him. And they never really had a chance of signing him. It wasn't a fit um, all around. Now he goes someplace where it's a fit. The, and the good thing about all this is this is going to be gone. It's going to be in the past in the rearview mirror. Detroit's, Detroit's making it like bandits, but Ottawa can turn the page. And yeah, for sure. There's cap space. There's lots of positives. By the end of the day, that wasn't a good hockey trade last summer. I believe the trade was made for other reasons, and I do believe those other reasons were good. There was a ton of excitement in this city last year. I thought the Debrinka trade, along with Giroux, it brought excitement, and it got the fan base re-engaged. We can all agree on that. And I, I really believe there were other motives behind that trade, and I didn't think it was a good hockey trade. I stood by it. I took a lot of heat for it. And that had nothing to do with the fact of him not wanting to resign. I didn't even know that. I just, I never thought it was a fit, but you move on. You win some, you lose some. Dorian's made some good trades. He's made some poor ones. We'll see how this one uh, shakes down in the past. But um, it's, uh, you, you never know until you see what that draft pick is, what Ottawa's going to get, and whether it's Boston's pick, whether it's Detroit's pick. But at the end of the day, the due diligence should have been done before you made the Debrinka trade because, yes, your hands were tied, but you tied those hands yourself. Alex, uh, Alex, I'm just typing on the chat, which is very busy at the moment. Uh, Ian, uh, what? so what do they do now? And I'm going to throw my – I guess I'm starting this with, is there any chance that Vladimir Tarasenko is an Ottawa senator this upcoming season? I mean, yeah, I, I would, I would imagine that. Okay, percentage wise, boy, I don't know, I, like thirty percent. Like I, I put it, like, 
I know that's a terrible non-answer, but but <laughs> I think the issue for me is I like Tarasenko. I don't have his stats in front of me. It kind of had a, like a flat year last year, but you know, two years ago he was pretty good. Shoulder issues. I like if you pay Vlad Tarasenko for his age and his health and his productivity. If you paid him on a two-year deal and as if he's a twenty-five or thirty-goal scorer, I'm in. Like, count me in. I like. I think he could do that for you. If you're expecting him to be the thirty-five to forty-goal guy, and you now you're paying him six and a half. Maybe maybe you give him the Giroux contract, three years, eighteen, whatever, six million. But that's a little much for me. Like me personally, that's a little high. Like I I just don't know what like what what are Tarasenko's motives now? Is it to get a great opportunity to try to be a 35, 40 goal scorer? Is it to try and uh, be on a playoff team? Like what, what's his motivation? That's what I would like to know. But if it's, if it's securing the bag and getting a two, three year deal at five and a half, six, six and a half per, I'd be really leery and nervous of that. But if he's okay to come in two years, 8 million total or something, I think that's, that's good. I, I like the player, but he's not the guy he was four years ago, right? He's not, He's not the, I, I don't think yeah, so. Here, here's my concern, and I, Tarasenko's always been a talented, talented guy. If you look at the makeup and the uh, the DNA of the Ottawa Senators, like what's their identity? Like they're a team. Yeah, they've got some skill, but they play a relentless. Like you hear this all the time. There's never any easy games versus the Ottawa Senators, and you look at their captain. He drags everybody in the fight. Brady Kachuk. I'd be a little concerned with Tarasenko. And, and it's not that he's not skilled, is that's whatever he plays, 15 to 18 minutes a night. Is he going to be a relentless player at this point in his career? And I think it's different than Claude Giroux. Claude Giroux chose Ottawa right from the start because he's a guy that hasn't won a Stanley Cup. It's so important that he wants to win a Stanley Cup. He wants to do it here, and he's motivated. And watching Claude play last year, guys, he was relentless on the back check. Like he was a 200 foot player. I don't classify Vlad Tarasenko as a 200 foot player. And he would worry me bringing him in and being part of what this group's trying to accomplish. And that's just from watching him and little snippets here and there. I, I just think it's, it would be risky, man. It would be risky. Cause I don't know if he fits into the DNA of this hockey club. So uh, Peter in the chat, I think it's gone now is, He's with me on the same page. I was going to bring it up. Does that not feel like Alex Kovalev to a certain degree? No, no, no. Kovalev was, a, ah. he was, that's a whole level of floatingness. <laughs> like, that's a whole different level. Like there's a guy that, you know, they, okay, we, used, we, used to, we used to have the joke about Igor early on off. He was the guy that was always <laughs> off the ice early. Like he set records for leaving the rink faster than anybody and getting on his plane. And we all know the stories. Like that was a disaster. And That's it's funny that you say that because Ian and I had a uh, a name for those guys. What was it? Do you remember? Pert, Pert Plus. Pert guys. Uh, because they, shampoo and conditioner all in one. So they just in and out in a heartbeat yeah. and they're on the uh, bus first. Yeah. We're like, that, that guy right. doesn't use separate shampoo and conditioner. He's in and out quick. He's I love for him. Igor, Igor early on off has ever been around forever. That's still my favorite. But no, I, I wouldn't put Tarasenko in Kovalev's. Like, uh, Tarasenko works a lot harder than, than Kovalev's okay. work. I, so I don't, 
I don't I don't understand the love affair. I, I guess I get the love affair with Vladimir Tarasenko that he can score 30, 40 goals. But I don't know that he's the the right fit for this team. As you guys talk about, you need a team that's a little bit tougher in the playoffs that's going to compete. I, I'm not sure that that's the answer. Yeah, look, the, the goals that are missing, like Debrinket scored 27 last year, and that was a down year for him. I think you could make an argument Dominic Kubalik comes in and scores between 20 and 25. I, I like I think Kubalik can take away like he can absorb the loss of Debrinket for the most part. Yes. Then you add in Norris, who if we pencil Norris in for 30, I think that's okay to pencil him in for 30. I don't think scoring goals is gonna be a problem for this team. I think Tim Stutzler Not. can score 40. I think Brady Kachuk can score 30. I think Norris can score 30. And then I think your combination of Giroux and, and Kubalik and who, like Batherson, maybe those guys can combine for 75 goals. Putting the puck in the back of the net is not going to be the problem here. The problem is going to be keeping it out of your own net. And that's where, as Yorkie says, you need 200-foot guys. You need um, – you, and that's where it's really tough because how good – would Nick Paul and Connor Brown look on this team right on the third line? Don't start oh. again. No, no, I, and I'm not, and I'm not doing that to 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 rub anybody. I'm just saying that's what you need uh, right now. Yeah, like, like I don't want like so. That's why there's a little bit of Scott Lawton appeals to me. I think yes. he's that type of guy. Um, but again, what's the what's the price? But to me, the biggest issue I have about Ottawa coming into this season is is Jonas Corposalo the guy and. Is Corpusalo and Forsberg behind hopefully a healthy Chikrin, hopefully a healthy Shabbat and Zub, because all three of those guys were kind of banged up at times last year. And then Sanderson, are they good enough to keep the puck out of the net? Scoring goals shouldn't be a problem. Keeping it out. That's that to me is the bigger question for this team. Uh, completely agree. Can I just throw out one thing that we're it seems that we don't mention? Coming off a double knee surgery for a goaltender and being ready to start the year, I think is going to be tough on Anton Forsberg. And I don't know mm -hmm. that he's gonna get that he gets back to where he needs to possibly be. It's a very un it's a rare certain future. Yeah. yeah. The good but, but the good news, the good the good news is though, fellas, it's it's MCL, not ACL. Yes, that's what I was gonna say. I think there's a huge difference. Yeah. If it was huge, if Anton huge. Forsberg blew out even one ACL, let alone two. I, I would have major reservations, but the MCL Yorkie, as you know, is yep. a lot less like important. It's even in the goaltending position. So it's less serious. I think he should be okay to come back. I'm not overly concerned about, I'm actually more interested in Corpus Allo's durability than I am Forsberg's. Yeah. yeah. The MCL, I did my MCL. I didn't even do it until my last year in the NHL. And it basically, your knee, it just comes loose. But that's just a summer of strengthening, rehabbing. It's a lot, it's way better than the ACL, is, as, as Ian said. So, no, I'm, I, I like what they do with the goaltending position. I, I like the Corpus Allo move of all the guys that were out there. Um, I, I, I think Hellebeck, I don't think Ottawa was on his list. And I think they did the best they could with that. And you got two guys that are going to push each other. As long as, yeah. as long as they stay healthy, I like it. And that's, you can say that about anybody, though. It's health is, you just never know. Yes. You never know with health. So I'm not concerned. The biggest concern for me is third and fourth line. And we, that's how you win. That's how you make the playoffs. That's how you succeed in the playoffs. Just look no further than what Vegas did, uh, what Florida did. Uh, it's just having guys now 
one through four on your four lines that you're not afraid to put on the ice that you know like Vegas is an extreme okay. example but Ottawa needs a big upgrade there okay before we get to uh, the lineup let's uh are we let's I just want to wrap up to brink it and then uh sure switch gears so uh at the end of the day is this just that we had to get it done and move on uh took a swing and it didn't work planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, I think so. Look, the inherent risk is you traded them within the division to a team that is in the same boat as you, right? Like that, that to me is the interesting part. I, I still think if that's the best deal you had available or the only deal, you still execute the trade. I'm not going to sit here and criticize Ottawa and say, don't trade them within the, the, the division. If that's the only move you could make, that's all you could do. I, I am utterly fascinated at the three-headed monster or race amongst Ottawa, Detroit, and Buffalo. Yeah. They're all around the same point in their rebuild trajectory. They're all feeling like, yes, we were 80-plus point teams last year. We are going to take a step. I just don't see room for three of them to all make the playoffs next year. I could nope. see one. I could even maybe see two. But all three of them certainly have playoff aspirations for next year. And this trade could help kind of influence the balance of power, at least between Ottawa and, and, and Detroit. Yeah. I think I think we still need to see what plays out here. And yep. the one thing we haven't really talked about is, is Kubelik's salary. And that's yep. a big bonus. Two and a half million. That's a huge bonus. That, depending on what happens with Pinto, who yeah. knows? There's, there's, who knows what's going to happen with Matthew Joseph? He's making a lot of money. Like, I still think there's a couple dominoes to fall here. So, I, I don't think Ottawa's done. I, I this is just yeah. my opinion. I've got no insider knowledge. I just think there's going to be another move, and when that move happens, I think then we can really as- assess what they've done. Because to put a closure on the brinket here, Wally, yeah, if you look at what Eiserman traded. He got Kubalik for free. 
So he basically traded yeah, something. Didn't co- he was basically for free. He didn't cost him anything. And it's a pick that's everyone's saying is going to be whatever, 20 to 30. And a, and a prospect that was playing in the East Coast League. I, I've seen Don, uh, Donovan Sobrango play a lot, though, fellas. I've watched him. He actually played uh, junior with my son. So I know him extremely well as a prospect. His development, something happened in Detroit where he regressed. I still think he's pretty good. He was very good growing up. He was very good in junior. There's something there. It's can Ottawa get him back on track? Maybe. He just, he's so young. So I, I, a lot of people are criticizing him. I think that's unfair. I think he does have some potential. But if you look from Detroit's perspective, they hit a home run. For Ottawa, let's see what happens with the domino here. Um, hands were tied. No other options. Um, you did the best you could. New ownership coming in. Turn the page. Move on. But definitely on paper, it it's a big win for Iserman. You can't you can't sugarcoat it. It is only a win if Debrinka gets up to forty goals and Detroit makes the playoffs. That's all. <laughs> I don't all think right. he's gonna. I don't. I don't know what he's gonna get, but I whatever. He'll get his cookies. He, that's what he does. We'll he's, see. he's a specialist on teams that are. Young coming up, and he plays all the time, and he gets his goals. That's what he's okay, good. That that doesn't make you a playoff contender. Uh, no. Moving on. I know I. It's my. Show. I'm going to have the last say. Uh, as always, <laughs> this show proudly presented by Botano. Uh, go to Botano.ca, download the award-winning app. Uh, it is state of the art, the fastest, most user-friendly, and advanced betting app for your mobile or tablet. Have the amazing world of sports always with you at Botano. Hundreds of live betting options for his event events. Uh, and same game parlays with Bet Builder, also live in game betting and the most competitive odds in the market. Of course, the casino. Uh, and as well, you can bet on uh, Major League Baseball All Star weekend that's coming up. Or I guess it's not on the weekend, it's through the week. Uh, Botano, the game starts now. Hit it, Yorkie. Oh, I thought Mendez was taking this. No, uh, we're not asking the guest to read the ad. <laughs> yeah. Renfrew Pro, the original hockey tape. They've been with us since day one. Easy to tear with your hands, Wally. Moisture resistant. Helps with your puck control and your dangling. It is the ones the pros use. Available at all major retailers. Look them up on the web at renfrewpro.com. It is the one with the green core. Give them a follow on your Instagram at renfrewpro. Don't forget to tag your teammates with unlimited entries and share your story for 10 bonus entries. And for 35 years, BEI has built its reputation on providing great service with unmatched quality of work. And the BEI team putting forth the same commitment into building your new home. Escape the city and the big city price tags. Relocate to a new home in the Ren Ren subdivision, a project by BEI Homes just an hour west of Canada. Enjoy the vibrant small town atmosphere with all the modern conveniences. Detached homes with 70-foot frontage and water and sewer. Uh, They are also semi-detached homes with plenty of affordable options. Many options floor pan floor plans to choose from starting at $500,000. Trust a quality builder. Go to bonishyourhomes.com. Okay. So uh, now we can move on to Kubalik and the lineup. Uh, does everybody just going to slot him in at the second line spot? Cause there's a hole there and, and that's where Dabrinkit was, or is he really the third line guy? And we move Greg down to the fourth line and perhaps Parker Kelly out of that spot. It's it's yeah. a good question, right? Because I think like Kubalik is a classic middle six guy where he could second line, third line. I'm with Yorkie. I think something else is going to happen here. There's going to be another shoot to drop, and this this depth chart that that people are seeing on their screen right now, it's going to alter. And and yeah. I, I I think that first line 
I would even argue that you put Giroud back with Stutzler and Kachuk. Like, I wouldn't mess with that. It was so good. And then I would let Norris, Batherson, and maybe it's Kubalik, maybe it's somebody else. You play around with it. Joe, I'm with Yorkie, though, though. Matthew, like, if I had to pick one, if I had to highlight one name out of this entire page and say, I'm looking at him, it's Matthew Joseph. Matthew Joseph could swing this team if he plays up to Mm -hmm. his capabilities. He's a legitimate third liner who could score 15 goals, maybe 20, 15, maybe. it's a different conversation. If Joseph plays like he did at times last year and he's worth playing on the fourth line or being a healthy scratch, they're in a mess. He's the key to me to maybe making this, this thing go. He had some nice stretches last year too. He's got tons of speed. If he just plays tenacious and goes up and down, plays North South, because there was a time last year, guys, it was Pinto. It was Joseph and and, and Mott. They yeah. were a good line because yep. they just played north-south and mm-hmm. then Mott got traded. And Joseph never really played the same after that. But I'm going to say something with the lineup here, and a lot of people are going to disagree with me. Josh Norris, 35-goal scorer. Josh Norris has a ton of chemistry with Batherson and Brady Kachuk. Those guys like each other. They love playing it with one another. Um, you got to get Josh Norris back to the level of when he scored 35 goals. So how do you do that? Like, I think it's vital, guys. The worst thing that could happen, you get Josh coming back in, he gets into a slump, and all of a sudden he's not scoring. People, why isn't he scoring? To me, Timmy Stutzla is good enough to play. He He's the type of guy that makes everyone around him better. He's that good. I don't think I don't think it matters who he plays with. He's can he, he creates offense on his own. I'm of the opinion, and people are going to call me crazy here, mm-hmm. I like Norris with Kachuk and Batherson. Stutzla is going to come back so confident. I think his game's going to elevate again. You try him with Giroux, and then I, this is where I think Ottawa has to make another move here, and maybe you give Kubalik a, a shot there because I, I think Stutzla is going to elevate anybody around him. Um, but I... Norris, to me, you got to get him going right from day one. He missed pretty well an entire season. And I just remember watching those guys at the end of the year prior to when he got hurt. He was feeling it. He was confident. And he just, he's got to get that swagger back coming off from injury. So I would give that a try. I know how good that line was with Stutzla, Kachuk, and Giroux. But I think Stutzla, you know, you, you play the five and five of those guys together on the power play anyhow. But I, uh, to me, getting Norris going from day one is 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 really important. I, I, I just don't know that you. It, so who do you take? Which players are you saying you're taking off the top line? Because it becomes an ego thing sometimes. Not really. Not. I. I think this team is beyond that, and that's that's what I. Th- you, this is the job of the head coach. You got to make sure all your players get your touches, everyone. And and the big thing for star players is power play time. Stutzel's going to be on your first unit. And this is where it would have got tricky with DeBrinket coming back if yep. he came back. And this is, this is why Ottawa got off. We talked about it last year. Why did the power play struggle at the beginning of the year? It's like power plays up, first power play. What unit? Who's on it? Who's coming on? That's going to be a lot easier and a lot clearer now from day one with this group. Norris jumps back on his one-timer spot. You probably have Batherson in the bumper. You got Kachuk in front, and you got Stutzla on the far flank. The, the, the most interesting thing for me is 
who's going to quarterback that power play this year? Who's going to be back there? Is it Shabbat? Is it Sanderson? I'll tell you this. If you don't have Jake Sanderson inked to his extension, maybe just let Shabbat run the power play. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit of uh, cost certainty there, Ian? Yeah. Exactly. That would be my that would well, be my strategy. You would you would think, but it's uh, and who knows injuries, everything. But but um, no, I just Stutz. That's you can play Stutzla. I I think him and Giroux could play together. Giroux is so smart. Um, and then trying to figure out, you need a worker, be a guy with speed, a guy that's going to be tenacious on the other side with some skill. Well, the biggest concern is the bottom six as opposed to the top. Yeah, six like who's playing so with I, who's playing with Pinto and so if you on. put up uh, Greg, Pinto, Joseph, Kelly, Kastelik, and McEwen as the bottom six we have at the moment, they combined for thirty-seven goals. Twenty of them by Shane Pinto. Uh, Tim Stutzla had thirty-nine goals. Like they need to find I, some bottom. And I know Derek Broussard is not on that list, and he had I think thirteen goals. But you have to find some offense somewhere from that group oh, absolutely you do and 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 Ridley Gregg's another guy that I'm intrigued like where does he fit in is he a center is he a winger mm. um, I I just I again I go back and, and this isn't me criticizing I'm just saying this is exactly where you would need Connor Brown and Nick Paul exactly yeah. where you yep. like those types of players are exactly what you're looking for and so that's why I'm not as worried about Okay, losing the Brinkett, I'm not worried about the goals. I'm a, I'm worried about the depth. And I think you you got one piece in in Kubalik. Now you need one more. And like I said, Scott Lawton would be a guy I would be uh, really interested in. Konechny would be a little bit more of a high-end piece. But mm-hmm. again, just fill it out. You need one more middle six guy, and then I think you're going to be in a good good spot. Yeah, like what you're describing, Ian, is an NHL player that's got some experience. He knows exactly what he is. He doesn't cheat the game. He can score when given an opportunity. And he's a guy, you call these guys glue guys. The coaches love him. They trust him. Well, there is a reason Connor Brown led the Senators in ice time. It's because you can't, you know, when he's on the ice, he just makes you feel good. He just makes you feel safe. And Ottawa needs one or two of those guys. And yeah, it's unfortunate. Connor Brown was that guy. Uh, Nick Paul. Um, but the other thing too is training camp's going to tell a lot. A, sp- a yep. summer, a season, it can change a lot for a player and how they come back, how they go. Rid- Ridley Gregg's going to be intriguing. Like he got a little taste last year. He knows what it's about. He's a guy that I, I'm because he has all the attributes. Like hopefully he comes back. He's got a little more beef on him, a little more size on him to withstand the rigors of playing in the National Hockey League. Uh, one thing we've moved past, and I meant to bring this up earlier, there's so much talk about Travis Konechny. Uh, and and uh, people, in, I've seen it everywhere. People think Brandstrom, Joseph, and a first would get it done for Travis Konechny. That's not getting it done. I don't think Philly's doing that for Travis not a Konechny chance. whatsoever. Not a, not a chance. Ian? Not a chance. You know, Konechny is a really – and he's got, what, two years left on his deal um, – I, I wouldn't say he's a lock it in 30 goal guy, but you know, he had a, a 30 goal year last year. Boy, I, if I'm Philly, I'm pushing for a lot. Like the way that that deal is being described, Joseph is essentially a salary dump, right? So you, you have to take him out of the equation. In fact, almost look at it and say, uh, you, you know, if you're Philly, you'd want a sweetener 
attached to that, right? For sure. So, uh, you know, whether it's Brandstrom or whatever, boy, just that and a first, I don't, yeah, I don't know that that's enough to get it done. Uh, You know, you're going to hear the name of Tyler Boucher a lot linked to Philadelphia, given the family connection, given uh, all of that. But again, that's another, I'm not, does that, Help what is right. he? What, what is he? Like, yeah, we're, we're people are dreaming. Travis Konechny is a Philadelphia Flyers best player right now. He's their best player. They're not yeah. trading him for a bottom pairing defenseman. A guy everybody knows is making too much money for what he did last year in Matthew Joseph and maybe a late first rounder. That's not getting it done. They're going to want they're going to want a player of well, if you look down Ottawa's roster, they'll say, yeah, we'll take Pinto. Yeah, or Ridley we'll, Gregg, right? We'll, like, take, we'll take Shane mm. Pinto, and then we'll talk about Konechny. That's that's the conversation yeah. that a, a smart GM is going to have, and it's not going to go very far because why would Ottawa want to? No, that's what happens. Yep. If you want something, you got to give something, and it's it's like the situation like Debrink. It's a lot different because Ottawa's hands were tied, so that's why that trade happened. But Philadelphia's hands aren't tied right now. They they don't have to do it. Uh, also, uh, in the chat, uh, lots of talk about uh, other players like Sokolov or Crookshank or Boucher or whatever taking spots. Just remember, one-way contracts will always kind of keep those players down a bit for a bit. Like We can't yeah. just make everybody on the, come up to play if you don't have a one-way deal. And that's the problem with perhaps signing uh, certain guys to one-way contracts is there isn't a lot of room. Right now, at forward, there's only one guy, if you look at, Greg is the only guy on an entry level that can be sent down. And there's no one on the blue line except Jake Sanderson that can be sent down to the minors. Or Clevin if he plays Tyler. But Clevin. right but Brandstrom, Hamannick, and JBD are all one way deals on the third Yeah, pair. Exactly. Yeah. Who knows? There's gonna be injuries at camp, like there always is. Yep. Ian, uh do we see Tyler Clevin on the blue line at camp as a sorry, not at camp. Uh, it's starting this year. Is he going to push perhaps someone out of a spot? I don't think so, just based on contracts. I like him a lot. I really Absolutely. do. But I've always felt like he was uh, like eight months away, ten months away from being a like no-holds-barred regular NHL defenseman. I like what I saw out of him, but I thought it was interesting because he was around development camp this year, right? And that was kind of an indicator to me that, okay, you, like, you don't have an inside track on – a top like if he was certainly a lock it in top six guy they probably would have said ah don't uh, don't hang around here this summer but i i like him a lot i i think though yorkie he has to play right like he can't be number seven he can't he's got to play and if i had the guess right now based on the way the roster is i think travis hamadick starts opening night i do i i agree uh based sure on the age sure based, based on uh he is well liked in that room all of those things. He starts opening night. I, I'm not saying he's guaranteed to play, but that first game in Carolina on the Wednesday, he plays. I think Brandstrom plays with him. If those guys are here, that's your third pairing. I think yep. it's Brandstrom and Hamannick to start the season. Jack Capuano, Jack Capuano runs the D for the Ottawa Senators. Big reason why Travis Hamannick is in Ottawa is because of that relationship from this New York Islanders when Hamannick was a stud. And Hamannick played well last year. I thought Hamannick in the second part of the season, he was eating pucks, blocking shots. He plays. He's on a two-year deal. Like you're not giving him a two-year deal and, and healthy scratching him open night unless he has a horrendous camp. Which unless he's see. Michael Delzato. 
No, sorry. Yeah, too, but too he's soon? too soon. Yeah. Too soon. <laughs> but the, also, Hamannick is this coaching staff's type of player. Like yeah, Delzato. Delzato was not. Delzato no, and, was and, not. And, and Hamannick, I think, because he like I, I saw people complaining about this. One point one million dollars isn't going to be the thing that that no. ruins this team no. on a cap. He truly loves it here. I I do think his teammates really like him. He's the perfect number six defenseman for this team right now. And then maybe next year you transition him into the seven role. It's Clevin, whatever. But you can, I, I, Ian, you can always you can always ship him out of the deadline if if Clevin is ready. But you right? need his blessing, right? Because he's got a no movement clause. But well, but regardless, well, like well, if 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 you're a pro and let's just say whatever happens and you get moved, you have a conversation and. It depends. I think he could still do it, but who knows? I, I'm with you. I I, I, I don't mind the signing. No, he, I he don't. Did a, he did a lot last year, and people will say, oh, Jake Sanderson would have been good regardless. Yeah, for sure he would have, but you, you got to give Hamannick some credit too. Like I, It's tough when you're first-year defenseman in the league, and for sure Hamannick, Hamannick helped. He did, and you can't, yeah. deny, you can't deny that. Um, so, yeah, it's 1.1. It's, 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 it's not a bad signing. You know, I think... They would have, in an ideal world, like I always thought, wouldn't Zub and Sanderson have been the right yeah. play? But I think they were so worried about Sanderson the first six weeks of the season. They wanted him with a partner who could communicate and yeah. would be. And I think yeah. that's why Hamannick worked. And 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 now <laughs> I think you'll see Zub and Sanderson together because the communication, I, I, you can bridge that gap now. But when Jake mm -hmm. was coming in playing his first games, it would It'd be tough for Artem to, Zub to kind of try yeah. to navigate some of that stuff well, for him, right? Well, like, there's, I, there's, you, you can hear Hamannick from up on the rafters yeah. yelling, and that's how he survives in the league now. He knows what to do. I don't, I don't think I've heard Zub's voice. Well, well, you can't because they, they brought him up with Zub. There, there's certain Chance. guys. There's certain guys that just have tele, telegraphic or tele, whatever you call it. You just know what they're thinking, and you get used to them as your D partner. You say, "Well, I know he's not going to say much, but I know he's always going to be in the right place, so I'll yeah. trust him." It just takes a little while, but it was so funny. And we had Batherson on the show. He's like, "I would just like to follow Zub home one day and see what he does when he goes home, because yeah. he didn't. This guy never speaks. He's mysterious." Mendez, yeah. that is your, you know what? This is your assignment for this year is to spend one day with Artem Zub. You don't have to talk to him. You just have to chronicle his 24 hours. Wow. That would be gold. That would be gold. I don't know if he would be, like, he's such a private, he's a really private, quiet guy, right? Like, I I don't know that he would, I don't think he People would do say that. he's funny and he opens up in the room. Your job is to get that out to the public. Okay. Okay. Uh, finally, let's, uh, last topic of the day. I might have another one, but as of right now, this is the last topic. <laughs> and that is uh, Anthony LeBlanc resigned today. Yeah. Not a surprise whatsoever. We expected there's going to be change in the front office, obviously. Uh, are we seeing this move quick, quicker than perhaps going into September? Uh, also, um, where does Alfie now fit in? There's, you know, and Bruce wrote about it today. And, and Yorkie, I know, and even Ian, everybody's talked to Cyril Leader. Like, Cyril Leader... Whenever when an owner or prospective buyer come into town, Cyril Leader was always contacted, as was Alfie. Those were the, always the go-to people. So it's not a surprise to hear that he could be back in the organization. I think that was always a possibility. But it had to been, but it has to be a really good deal for Cyril to want to give up being the general manager of the Myers Automotive Group. 
Um, Ian, do you expect to see serial leader occupy an office once again in uh, Canadian Tire Centre? And where do you think that puts Alfie if Cyril comes back and is perhaps the president or CEO? Yeah, it's a good, it's a great point, right? Because the Daniel Alfredson and Cyril Leader have a tremendous amount of respect for each other, and 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 you guys both know this. They're very much cut from the same cloth, right? They're they're very much they have strong uh, moral compass. They have a very good understanding of this community. They're standing in this community, so I, I think it would help. But I, you know, Alfredson wants to have he Alfie doesn't want to come in here and have a ceremonial role where he's doing glorified PR work. Like he wants to roll yeah. up his sleeves and really be involved in this uh, from a hockey operations perspective. So uh, usually, as you guys know, like they usually, there's a pretty good separation of the business side and the hockey side, right? Like usually there's a pretty, pretty good wall there. So, I mean, could Cyril leader help bring Alfredson into the fold for sure. But uh, boy, I don't know if that, if that's, uh, if that's going to be enough, I think it's gotta be, a good role for Daniel Alfredson to want to do it. And I, I would imagine that there's an opportunity to carve out something for him. It's just a question of, uh, you know, whether or not there's the, the, the match and, and just based on the timing here, right. We're in the middle of July and I, I let's say Michael Landlauer gets the keys on Labor Day weekend. Is that enough time to give him a role for this season or what happens? So the, the timing of all this is awkward, but yeah, you're going to hear size names, your leaders name come up an awful lot in the next few weeks. Yeah, I, I think I think Michael Andlauer is going to get the keys sooner. I wouldn't be surprised if it's within two to four weeks. That's just my opinion on that. And and with Alfie, Ottawa's a unique team, right? The way they've done business yep. in Pierre Dorian's tenure. They've never really had a true president to oversee Pierre Dorian. He's nope. reported he's reported to a board, and the board really aren't hockey people. So it's, it's been the, well, everybody's talked about it. It's been their hockey ops department is the smallest, I believe, in all the National Hockey League. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of room for growth there, right? And a lot of teams have people that call them a special advisor, call them they report to the owner or whatever you want to call it. Daniel Offertson wants a meaningful job with the Ottawa Senators. I think it'll eventually happen. I think whatever the name of the role is, is insignificant. Look at Kyle Dubas, for example. He's basically the GM, but he's not called the GM anymore. He's, but for Ottawa, I just think there needs to be more of a structure where your general manager reports to somebody. So there's more discussions going on. There's more hockey people involved. Yeah. And, and to do that, you got to spend more money, which wasn't in the budget before with the way the senators were run. We all know that, but is going to be in the budget moving forward. So I see him having a, a part in hockey, in the hockey ops, it's going to be meaningful. I don't know what that role uh, name is going to be, but I think it's going to be something where it's pretty significant. Okay, so let me throw this out there, Ian, because uh, yep. you've talked to Alfie a gazillion times. What if it is special assistant to the owner? It seems like a Dwight Schrute. Uh, title special assistant to the owner <laughs> special assistant to the regional uh, manager um uh, you know uh, yeah i mean again i'm with yorkie the title doesn't necessarily matter right like you can call him advisor you can call him like whatever it is as i think alfie just wants to have the ability to put part of his 
fingerprints on this mm -hmm. thing. And I think he looks at this and says, I can walk these young, these guys, Brady and Tim and Jake and all these guys. I was in this exact same spot with a young team with Marion Hosa and Wade Redden and a young Jason York. And, and you know, and we were trying to get over the hump in the late 90s. And there are some certain there are certain pressures and expectations in this market that are unique to this market. And, and he knows, and, and, and he knows how to handle it. So as long as he's able to, to have a voice in there, I don't know that, you know, he, he necessarily wants to be the general manager or the buck stops here, but I, I do think he wants a voice. I do think he doesn't want to just come into the office two days a week or three days a week. I think he wants to be there all the time. And I'm, I mean, if they offered him the opportunity to have, the president of hockey operations and all the decisions stop with him. I'm sure he would go for it. But I, again, it's hard to get inside of Michael Landlauer's head mm -hmm. because we don't know what he's promised along the way, right? Like maybe he's told certain people that if I take over in Ottawa, I got this for you. Or if I take over in Ottawa, you're going to do this. And this is going to be my org chart. So we got to be mindful and respectful of that, 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 that Mike Landlauer might have his own org chart in his mind Mm -hmm. that he wants to see executed. And I don't, I can't sit here and say with any degree of certainty where Daniel Alfredson fits in. The only thing I would say to Michael Adlauer is it would be in your best interest to find a spot for him. Even if it, it wasn't in yep. your original org chart, find something for him, make him a part of this because it's going to seamlessly fit with everything that I think is going on here. Uh, by the way, Senator uh, has a job, position perhaps uh staff captain put a c on his blazer and he just walks around <laughs> staff captain uh, i can yeah. see it that works yeah just to add on with 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 michael and i agree with a lot of the stuff you just said there ian he's a really successful guy he's a self-made guy yeah and when you hear every single person i've talked to reports i've read is how he treats people and everyone comes back with the unanimously same thing this guy treats people so well, but he's a winner. Like, it's just, I'm excited to see when he comes in um, and has his first press conference because I think the energy is going to be off the charts. And, and I don't even know, I never talked to him, but it's just talking to people, the buzz. Yep. And um, it's exciting, man, because it's going to, it's really going to change the dynamics of this franchise. And whatever, I think with Daniel Offertson, whatever happens will happen. He does want to roll for sure but that all that'll be worked out in time uh yorkie i have you not talked to him you're part owner <laughs> yeah that's what everybody thinks <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh boys i i enjoy okay here's the last question before you go yeah are the ottawa senators better today than they were two days ago or at the end of last season are the ottawa senators a better hockey team ian mendez you go first oh uh I think no, like, like talent-wise, no. But again, I want to see where this last piece of the puzzle snaps in. Whether it's Konechny, whether it's uh, Lawton, or whatever Tatar, Tarasenko. Uh, you know, talent. You you take out a guy like Alex DeBrinket out of the equation. I can't sit here and tell you with a straight face. Yeah, they're more talented. I I can't say that they're not more talented, but they will have. Jacob Chikrin for a whole season. They should have Josh Norris for a full season. If Corpus Allo plays like he did down the stretch in LA and for most of the season in Columbus, they're going to have stable, competent goaltending. And if those three things all happen 
and Kubalik comes in and scores 20 to 25 goals, then yeah, I, I think that they'll be a better team. But there's a there's a few ifs in there, right? Like like we haven't reached that point where where like where Tampa is, where Boston is, where Carolina is, where I think New Jersey is now, uh, which is you just know going into training camp, lock it in, they're going to the playoffs. Like you, you don't even you don't even question it, right? Mm-hmm. We're not there yet with this team based on the the moves that they've made, but I I, I hold out hope that they're they're getting closer and closer to that point. If healthy, if healthy, and it always comes down to health, I think they're better than Detroit and they're better than Buffalo. I think they're a better team. If you go off the last game of the year, that roster of guys that were dressed, and I take where the Ottawa Senators are right now, you got you didn't even have a number, you didn't even have even close to a number one goalie. Now you've got two good goaltenders. You've got Four defensemen, you have a legitimate top four. You've got Tim Stutzla, a year older, a year wiser. Brady Kachuk, year older, year wiser. Batherson played most of last year banged up. He's back healthy. Josh Norris is healthy. Shane Pinto, we don't even talk about Shane Pinto. The guy scored 20 goals last year. Year older, year wiser, year better. I think they're a much better team. If healthy, they should be a playoff team. If they are not a playoff team by Thanksgiving, then it's then this team is underperforming. They are ready to take the next step. And if they add that piece, which I think they will, I think they're a team that's going to be a maybe even a little bit better than that. It's just that 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 core is so talented with the defense. Goaltenders stay healthy. I, I like the team a lot. Which Thanksgiving though, Yorkie? Canadian or American Thanksgiving? I'm taking the earlier Thanksgiving. They, they got. Hey, listen, it's opening they, night. This it's, team has to get off. Listen, there's no yeah. if ands or buts about it. Yeah, this team is on the hot seat to start the season off. They have to get off to a good start. They have to. Yeah, you can't. You can't. We all know it. Um, and it's that's what's killed them before. And I expect them to get off to a good start. I think there's lessons learned, and I just I love the leadership of Kachuk. Yeah, I love the leadership of Giroux. Like the back end. Goalies stay healthy. They're a playoff team. Okay. You guys are both on the same page. I disagree. What? <laughs> what do you disagree about? <laughs> I, well, you can't just disagree. What's your why? I don't you like don't... them defensively. I just don't. I don't like their bo- I don't like their bottom pairing. I don't necessarily yeah, like your bottom You know bottom what, though, Wally? Don't you feel like we spent years harping on the second pairing, and now it feels like we – like? Yes, but I just – in order to win in the playoffs, you have to be solid defensively. Okay, and but I'm not I, under, looking for them to And under win the last the four years right? – Under we're the talking, last four we're, years – We're talking wild card here. So yeah, hang on a second. Team, under it, the last four years, you have team, no reason Cup? to think that they're going to be better <laughs> defensively based on the way they performed in their own end. And I'm not – this. that's not even a okay. personnel thing. They're just I'll not good you, defensively. I'll, I'll Hang on, Yorkie. I let you talk you. for 20 minutes. All right. Then I'm going to tell you why you're wrong in a minute. That's fair. They're just not as good defensively, and their bottom six right now is not as good. I, That's all, all I – unless you give me a Mark Castellek who has a better year and Shane Pinto that continues his pace, which I think he will. I really like Shane Pinto. But I'm not sold on Matthew Joseph, or I'm not sold on Parker Kelly being in that spot. I don't think he's even there to start the year. And I don't know what to think of Zach McEwen yet. I, I think he'll fight his, and claw his way to be in that roster spot without question. I think he'll be fine for that role. I just don't know they're better defensively. That's all I'm saying. 
I'll tell you. So just quickly here, Ian, you go after me. Who were the, who were the when they got off to that horrendous start? Who were their center icemen? You had Tim Stutzla, who was really doing his first full year at center. Yeah. Josh Norris was hurt. You had the rookie Shane Pinto. You had Castelic and, and Broussard. And Broussard, right? who so you can't win in the NHL with that as your four centers. Fast forward one year, healthy Norris, Sutzla coming off an outstanding season, Pinto on his sophomore year, and Castellac, six foot three, bigger, stronger, smarter. They can't be any worse, and they won't be worse. If they are, there'll be changes. And I, I agree with Wally. I, I don't love the bottom six as it's currently constructed, but there's time for that to be kind of altered. But to me, for once, we're going to go into the season, and I feel like we're all kind of satisfied with Ottawa's top four. And I don't remember the last time on the back end, I mean. I don't remember the yeah. last time we actually felt that way. So, I don't know. Like, could the third pairing be better? Sure. But we I feel like we just spent seven years screaming – for a better second pair, I don't want to yes. just all of a sudden start screaming for a third pair. Like, let's just <laughs> and, and I agree. Hang on. Like, I, I I agree with that completely. I just want them to be a playoff performing team. Yeah. I for me, I don't want them just to get into the playoffs anymore. I don't want to be hey, go try. I I want this team to compete in the postseason. That's why I want them to be better. That's all. Yeah. The, the baby steps. You make you make the playoffs this year. No, I'm tired of then... baby steps. Well, hey, listen. It's you can't better. feed steak it's, to a baby. Yeah, what if they miss the playoffs? Is it seven years in a row? Six, six in a row. So you've missed the playoffs six years in a row, and now all of a sudden you you're demanding they went around. Jesus, yes. I hate to be I hate to be your kid. Yeah. What you scored three goals? Damn it! Why didn't you get four? I only I make him walk beside the car for about a kilometer, and then he's allowed in. Yeah, but he's barefoot. <laughs> Oh, that's oh boy! Listen, I, next year's their year for me. I, I, this year coming up, I'm happy if this team makes the playoffs. I think that would be a great stepping stone, and then you build from that. Who knows? They could do better, but I think anything less than playoffs is yes. is, is, a, is a disappointment. They're, that's where they, they are. Said right that now. this year? No, they didn't. No, they no, didn't. We want to play meaningful games in meaningful March. games. Stop! <laughs> I'm not People saying that. them in the playoffs. We want they them to be in the playoffs. Well, if you wanted to the be a playoff person that wanted them playing meaningful games with a GM who couldn't build the roster properly. Listen, if you wanted to be a playoff team last year, you should have addressed the blue line in the summer, which wasn't addressed. And then they had all the injuries. There's no way this team yeah. was a playoff team. And they almost made it. But it's it, this to me, it's they're a playoff team. Okay. And with that, we'll conclude today's broadcast. Uh, I, I want to thank everybody who uh, joined the chat. It was one of the busiest ones I've had. So uh, I appreciate everybody that uh, jumped in and had conversations. And for you, Ian, I yeah. appreciate you taking time out of your summer. As always, fantastic work daily uh, with you at The Athletic. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys, anytime. Yorkie, see you on the course, although you don't ever invite me. Well, you don't even play golf. You probably hate golf. No, no. I love golf. I just can't play it. <laughs> Ian's seen me golf. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Where would you rank of... me at golf, Ian? On a scale of one to ten, where's my game be at? Like five and a half, six. See, that's high. See? Yeah. You're... 
You're right. Like I'm just, me. we're just, I'm just comic relief. Golfers. So yeah. you golf, you golf like Mendez plays hockey. I'm better than that. Wow. <laughs> All right. Beat it, everybody. All right. Yeah. All right. See you guys. Take care. All right. See you, fellas. See ya. Coming in hot is brought to you by Botano.ca. Please hit that like button and subscribe to our channel to never miss an episode.